Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast. Keep it real, it's Jim Vavita. I am joined by the long lost Roth Cornette. Hello. Uh, proving that we can never all be in the same place at the same time anymore. Chris Carl is not able to join us this week so that he would eat crow over his I Frankenstein box office predictions. What did he predict? Uh, he predicted, here I have it written down. Where it's because hell? Chris and I are actually the same person. He, <laughs> that's right. He predicted that Ive Frankenstein was going to make twenty million dollars. <laughs> I predicted thirteen million, so I'm I'm a little less sucky at it. But uh, it actually made uh, for fifth place. Oh, I'm sorry, sixth place Oy. with eight point six million. It was like a sixty-five million dollar movie. But apparently, they loved it in Russia. Poor, they, lo- <laughs> they loved, <laughs> they loved crap, it in apparently, Russia. in Russia. It's but because they couldn't hear the... Di- they didn't... Th- th- there were no subtitles. <laughs> They're like, our life is worse than anything this movie can offer. That's probably not true, but... <laughs> that, I haven't seen it, but out of morbid curiosity, I think I'm going to go this weekend. I might, too. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's I kind of want to like, know how bad is it. I mean, how ca- bad can it be, I ask Oh, it you. can be quite, quite <laughs> bad, I, I would imagine. Uh... Uh, Ride Along stayed the number one movie in North America with 21.3 million. That that puppy is just uh, Universal's excited. Yeah, they're they're just cashing checks now at this point. Uh, I have a feeling, and we can talk about this at the end of the box office, but I think it's got a good chance at you know three peating, if yeah. you will. But um, we actually have a lot to talk about, not too too much time. Uh, but let's dive into the week that was and movie news, and talk about a couple of big things on the Marvel front. Uh, Marvel Studios proper announced both Cat... Well, there are hirings for both Cap 3 and Thor 3, and we don't know necessarily if those are Phase 3 movies, but it sure smells like it to us. Yeah, it smells it's smells like Teen Phase 3. Yes, <laughs> That's right. Yes, it does. I mean, the Russo brothers coming back for Cap 3. I mean, Cap 2 is, looks awesome, Winter Soldier. That is yeah. a huge show of confidence. So, yeah. I they mean, haven't done that before. Marvel well, they did. They they brought back uh, uh, Favreau. Favreau for the second one, yeah. and now Whedon is coming back for Avengers but 2, but... You Other know. than that, this is a rare show of and confidence. They, and they were uh, um, a but gamble to begin with, those two guys, you know? Those were a gamble to begin with, but also the announcements that they would return, I believe, definitely on Avengers, but I believe on Favreau as well. The movies had come out before the announcements that the directors would return, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I no, mean, this, this is, is a huge. The movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, I mean, we're still uh, about two months out, and uh, but it looks fantastic and the buzz on it from people who have seen rough cuts and stuff like that is really through the roof mm-hmm. so um i'm I, excited who you know when when captain america first avenger was in production there was such a question mark hanging over that movie like will people embrace it and yeah and they did uh, internationally as well so i really feel like cap has become um a b- another a, breakout character yeah like he's such a he's a, a real anchor now and, and I, th- I feel like as much fun as like tony stark is cap is the heart sort of you know what i mean like is it i mean it's interesting it's hard to predict these things like which character that non-comic necessarily non-comic fans yeah. are going to really connect with i think it's like such a weird i think it's a the right timing of like just sort of america wanting kind of a, a true blue kind of hero mm-hmm. even though his character is not like a total boy scout but he's got um 
And a lot of it is Chris Evans really, he just, he plays that side, but doesn't make him corny. You know, like he yeah. brings an edge to it. It's like he, he just, there's a sincerity to him that, that really sells it. And I feel like um, it, it is interesting. Like if, if Tony Stark is sort of the personality of the mm -hmm. Marvel movies, Cap is definitely sort of like the heart. I'm not quite sure where Thor comes in. I guess maybe he's sort of he's the, the abs. He's <laughs> he's the sex appeal. <laughs> he's I mean, the that's sex it. appeal. He's I mean, I think well, and I think, but actually, <laughs> you bring you bring up an inter interesting point because the standout of the Thor franchise is Loki. Right. You know, and yeah. so everyone loves Hemsworth, but yeah. Loki's you know Loki's the standout, and so that's sort of the interesting thing is that we know where uh, Tony Stark fits in. We understand where how Cat fits into that world, but we're like, I'm not sure about Thor. And of course, yeah. the big, th where we know where Loki fits in. Yeah, in that I mean, world. Loki is, Loki is, has become as much a, a face of these movies as, as any of the, the heroes. And uh, I mean, we've kind of talked about that in, in before, but Loki is certainly going to have to play a major part of Thor 3, which they also announced this week of uh, Craig Kyle, who is an executive at Marvel, and he's, worked on Thor Yay. 1. Yeah, it looks like Chris Carl has surprised us with his presence. I'm so oh, happy. wait a second. Wait a second here. So Carlito, you Ooh. you were able to get out of your meeting and join us. I did. Uh, not quite uh, quite uh podcast us interrupt us, but you, you got <laughs> in pretty early. You you missed us uh like right slandering it, me. Right at nah. four play. Look, look. <laughs> you showed up just in time after the first glass uh, of wine. Uh, <laughs> um, oh. But uh oh my. but you know, we talked about I Frankenstein kind of uh uh shit in the bed if you will. <laughs> um <laughs> but and we did. were just talking about Cap 3 and sort of how Cap has um surprisingly, you know, become such a uh, a breakout character in a way, you yeah. know. Um, and we were also talking about the appeal of, of of Loki and how he's kind of become a face of the franchise, but, you know, the the kind of predominant villain. We were just beginning to talk about Thor 3, Craig Kyle, yeah. a Marvel executive who who we've worked with one-on-one -on -one on, in the past on Thor 1, and, um, and then uh, Christopher Yost, who did a, a rewrite on Thor The Dark World. They're going to write um, Thor 3. Amazing. Uh, so, I mean, big props to Craig Kyle. He actually, and this isn't just like a thing of a suit getting the gig. No, this guy is a Marvel fan. Like, he knew his stuff, and Thor was his baby. And he, uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting that you have somebody who completely understands yeah. how that machinery works. And now he's going to be part of the creative process, like more hands-on than ever. So we were just talking about this, too, how... An interesting thing about Thor is that we sort of understand where Iron Man, where Tony Stark fits in into the larger Avengers. Yeah, you know, like we were like saying, like Tony's he's the personality. The personality, and Cap is the heart. And like, we're not sure where Thor fits in. And it's an interesting thing because, we're, you know, th the standout is Loki. So does this guy have the answer to how to bring Thor to the forefront of his own franchise? But, I mean, I think. <laughs> I, I I love Loki as well, but I think everybody gives Loki like all the credit. Like Thor is good. He, he like is. he's oh, yeah, charming. No, he's, great. he's he's funny. He's good. So like it, even if Loki was, Did, does it, he bring the beefcake factor? Is that what I, he it, does? It he comes does. Down to I think he's like my number one man crush. Maybe he's this the pin -up my boy. my man crush <laughs> is showing through. But but I actually think. I actually think that if Loki were sort of taken out of Thor three, I wouldn't mind that at all. I don't think they're going to do that. But well, I they were supposed to do that with Thor two, and then it was it 
you know, Malekith turned out to be such a non-presence that they went back in and added Loki because they're like, we quick, he's the magic elixir. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it worked. And it worked. <laughs> but it I really think, did. You know? I think he could, though, hold the movie on his own. I, I do. And I think they've developed a sort of good supporting cast of characters that are interesting and funny. And the movies are and Thor's you know, got really a good, entertaining. He's got a good rogues gallery. I think, I think for me personally, and I... I I don't think they're quite going to be able to do this in Thor 3 because you obviously need Loki the way Thor 2 ended and the sort of the yeah. serpent to the throne. So you're going to have to deal with that. But I feel like if they get to a Thor 4, Thor 4? Thor 4. Um, uh, they will not call it Thor 4. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, Thor 4. Thor 4. Um, I think bringing in a character like Enchantress mm-hmm. and sort of somebody who's just as wily and and and. Uh, smart and manipulative and as sexy. Loki, and she brings you know where where Loki is Loki. Where Loki's, Loki. Loki's bringing yeah. the the ladies to the seats, Enchantress will bring even more dudes to the seats, especially you if you get like you know either a, a breakout like an up and coming actor the way they did with Hiddleston, or you get I'm not saying get. Um, Angelina Jolie, but you know what I mean. Like if you got somebody, the sexy lady, yeah, like somebody, like if you're gonna go that route, uh, like with an established lady. actor. Mm. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I think. Did you guys see the gifts, by the way, of Hiddleston trying out? Oh, I saw. Thor? I saw yeah, the I actual saw uh, the video. Marvel ended up putting out that actual video feature. It's going to be on the Thor two Blu-ray, and you do get to see uh, Tom Hiddleston auditioning for Loki. And he had packed on like all this weight, like for like muscle. Wait, did they show the Thor audition? Yes, or the Loki. Yeah, Loki they show him, him with the blonde wig, yeah. and and he, it shows like he would have been, he'd have been fine for like Balder, you know, Balder the yeah. Brave. Yeah. Uh, but he is just perfect for Loki. Oh like, yeah, he is. Know? He is. I mean, listen, I think Hiddleston's great. You know, I think he's. Great. I think he's magnificent <laughs> as Thor. You I know, think if he's they made dead on, you know, for Thor. If they made Thor in the eighties, you know, who I wanted to be Loki would be Crispin Glover. Oh, oh my he god! Been fantastic. How yeah. awesome would he have been? Would've he would have been, been great. And uh, I don't know. Directed who by David. Lynch. I guess yeah. Dolph Lundgren <laughs> would have inevitably <laughs> ended up playing <laughs> Thor. You know. <laughs> Uh, Get off my mountain! <laughs> I don't even know why I just said that like Enchantress. that. Enchantress. <laughs> movies, movies that weren't, but should have been. But by a bit seriously, like I want a Gunner TV show. Gunner yeah. from Expendables, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. I'm not kidding. I want that, that show. That could work. Make it. Make it so. Um, let's uh, let's talk about one uh, some some other Marvel stuff. But this is from Fox. X Men: Days of Future Past. Now a couple of days ago. Uh, and, and these images have been coming out um, fast and furious. No, you know, excuse the cross <laughs> reference here. But Quicksilver, we got our first good look at Quicksilver. Evan Peters in Days of Future Past. Um, uh, we Joshua and I did a, a video conversation on this, so I want to hear your guys' opinions on it. I'll embed that talk so you can kind of get w- where the comics editor and myself were coming from. But, you know, Evan Peters' look, very 70s. Yeah. And very controversial amongst the fans. Uh, Carl, let's start with you. What, d- what did you think of Evan Peters' Quicksilver look? They weren't going to do the lightning suit, so they had to do something more practical, right? So I don't and think it is gonna... a period piece. Yeah, they weren't going to do the wispy hair. My thing, I guess, is that you know, well, first of all, I, I always you always have to take these things with a grain of salt because you can't freak out over one image. It's one image, and it's still it's not like Quicksilver is not going to be captured like that so often but um i just 
I, I don't love it, but I also am reserving judgment, final judgment, because I also I I have I've yeah, said like that about so many things. Haven't we been down this road before? Mm-hmm. With like these suits look terrible. But we went down. We, we, yeah. we went down this road with um, first class as well. Yeah. yeah. When those picture when those images came out, people were through the roof, lost their yeah. minds. These look so stupid. This looks terrible. Yeah. And then you went to see the movie, and you were like, "It's fine," you know. I yeah. mean, it sort of suits the the overall the whole aesthetic that's happening i don't know if that'll be the case here but do you like the overall the, the way that they've kind of adapted uh quicksilver for the screen because remember we're also going to get him and scarlet Witch. we're going to get them in avengers 2 well, see me, well oh i'm sorry i thought you're talking about the picture that came out today that looked like well we, we we're going to talk about okay. uh that in in one second or you can actually start to bring that up if you want um uh but like you know the the look of evan peter's quicksilver and, and tell folks, you know, what you think of that look and also uh, tell them about that, that second photo that came out. I mean, I've kinda, I kind of, I hate to like, I sort of feel the same, which is that I don't love it. It, it looks a little goofy, um, but I'm reserving judgment because I don't know what it's going to look like in the whole picture. You know you what know? I'm not reserving judgment on? How badass the Sentinels look and future Sentinel. Right. Yeah, they and they're Those much more awesome. slender. They're they're sort of the uh the the South Beach diet version of the Sentinels. Yeah, guys, I always thought the Sentinels well, I should say Sentinels kinda look like Iron Giant or vice yeah, versa. You know, did, like yeah, they yeah. always did in the comics, but yeah, I, I think they look really good. I yeah. think that part Scary. is going to be awesome. Now, uh, tell folks, though, about this second photo, the one so uh, showing Evan Peters. Yeah, there was a Pietro. second photo that was released today. Where was that? Was that part of the e- EW? I think it was something like EW or Empire, yeah. one of the one of the, the big trade mags. I mean, a, a entertainment mags so released it, was a, it. Yeah, second photo of him. It looked almost like a little family picture, like a snapshot. Yeah. Um, and he has a little girl on his lap that sounds... Looks like l- a little kid looks sister. Looks like it could be his kid sister yeah which, which would be wanda maximoff aka scarlet, scarlet witch. witch and one telltale sign is that you know we all know he's got a kid sister but she's wearing a pink and scarlety kind of mm-hmm. little dress which is a visual nod, nod like this to is that so we think that maybe she'll be in it at least as a little girl yeah maybe briefly yeah maybe she gets killed by the sentence can we start referring to her, to her as scar dubs Scar Dubs. <laughs> we can. Scarl Olsen <laughs> for the other one. But, um. but I think it'll be interesting, too. I mean, this will be, they'll be going, he- this will be the character that will get a lot of attention because they'll be going head-to-head in a way. It'll be this Which is version. Amazing. Who'd have thought Quicksilver would have been, you know, it's all come down. This is how the war begins. This, this is, is how it all starts. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and he, I don't know what Whedon's going to do. Um but I think that he has in the past shown a inclination to adhere to the comics and the look yeah. of the comics in a particular way that he probably will a little bit more. Yeah. You were referring to sort of the battle lines being drawn, the lines are being drawn. Like, I feel like the line keeps getting redrawn, like, in my mind. Like, there's nothing that I that will surprise me anymore that's going to come out in it's a like comic book It's like that Bugs Buddy uh, cartoon where they keep, you know, doing that line in the sand <laughs> and he moves it. Yeah. I He's mean, if they tomorrow announced that they were doing a Moon Knight movie, I'd be like, yep, makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, unless they were, like, unless Howard the Duck is part of Phase 3, <laughs> I yeah. don't think my jaw is going to hit the table anytime <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, exactly. I, and I'm not surprised, fact, like, Howard if they... the Duck is part of Phase 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually wouldn't mind seeing, like, Judd Apatow do Howard the Duck or something. Mm. 
Get like Seth Rogen and be like Howard the Duck. Only if he still brings the duck boobs. We need the duck boobs. Yeah, always. bring back the duck boobs. <laughs> duck boobs are essential. Um, uh, a couple he of other uh, comic book uh, type things. Um, why the Last Man? Why? Because we love him. Uh, <laughs> why the Last Man? The um, Brian K. Vaughn says that unless they start making this movie in the next few months, the rights are going to revert back to him and the and the co-creator. Okay. What and does he want to do? Uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody was like, oh, it should be a TV series. Yes, it should be a TV series. Well, we'll see if that happens. I mean, honestly, like, and it's funny because I, I, I was just talking about this. But to me, I, I'm really excited about Sandman. I'm really excited that Sandman's happening at all. But I felt like that would be awesome as a cable series. Why the Last Man, I really feel like, ought to be a, an excellent TV series. Well, like a high-quality cable TV series. Netflix is now sitting on the world's money and so yeah. I think they're probably going to. This you think might. So? This is what. Yeah, I think the most likely scenario is that they'll pick up the rights and develop it because. Well, I don't know. I'm speaking like really confidently about this, but I think they could do it. Yeah, I think uh, you know, and it's funny because you know this is being talked about a lot of places now, but um, you don't need to go to a network anymore. No. That's why when you know it's Marvel getting in bed with Netflix is, you know, I mean they saw the writing on the wall. It's amazing. I love it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, would you rather see it as a, a movie or? Wouldn't you rather films? see it all ten hours of it mm-hmm. all at once? Yes, I, I think would. I think it just you know On Netflix uh, yeah. <laughs> something and and I don't want to get off on too much of a TV tangent, uh, but like I think something like True Detective shows and Roth and I were talking about this earlier in a separate thing is. Uh, it's like the idea of long form cinema in a yep. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like totally. one long movie, and which is probably the best bet for something like Dark Tower too. Yep. Or mm-hmm. you're like just, just do it that way. I feel like uh, people lacked confidence in sort of the medium that they wanted to do it in before, but I think now the cable has shown that people, people are getting bigger and better TVs. They will stay at home. They will commit to this, and you can make money off of it. The you know? the cords can be cut, and also. I don't think it's necessarily about bigger, better TVs anymore. I think it's about, like, people are watching it on their phones. They're watching it anywhere. So it's like any way you want to watch this content, it's about content, Mm -hmm. but any way you want to watch the content is up to you. And I think people are finally being like, okay, we don't have to present everything this way because this is a generation of filmmakers now who do watch movies on their phones. I mean, you'll see some purists or whatever who are like, no, I will never do that. Like Christopher Nolan uh, is... Already, Paramount has to go back and it's digital-only releases from now on because Nolan's like, no, only half digital release for Interstellar. The rest (laughs) will be film. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, but and I don't mind people preserving the sort of film legacy or whatever, but I just think that this generation that's coming up you know, filmmakers that are like new to the game, they this is their whole existence. It's not like the internet even. It, w- it yeah. existed when I they mean, were born, you know. I right. think I think that 20 years ago, the argument was really there about the quality difference between film and digital, but it really isn't there now. I mean, no. My point, I think, a medium. Th- look, I love film. I do. I mean, I went to film school. I loved she cutting it. it with a passion. I <laughs> I loved like actually cutting and splicing and feeling it in my hands. But ultimately, it's about. We're talking about film, not the not I a male <laughs> body. <laughs> wow. Also body parts. <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like ultimately it's just about how can you best tell your story most efficiently. And there's some things that are just not. 
they don't make sense anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of things that don't make sense. Um, <laughs> no, Chris Carl. Uh, no, uh, there were some late images this week from uh, Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtles. Now, we didn't run those because... You're not supposed to run things that <laughs> don't really belong to yeah, you. Yeah, well, no, they're you know? off of a set. They're off of a production wall. It's like, a, yeah. You know, those were. Th- it, it, it's not like you're walking around out in the street filming. And, you know, frankly, it's open game uh, at that point. But uh, fair game, open game, whatever. Uh, <laughs> mix my metaphors. But um, I'm not going to lie. I did look at them. Yeah. Did Did you guys look yeah, at them? Yeah, I saw. Them? They look right. like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the designs, it didn't really bug me. I kind of kind of liked it um but you know i just when i the first time i really want to see them or the first time they should be presented i want to i want to see them the way they're they really should be meant to be seen they look like way more badass like way more like michael bay yeah like (laughs) like they're like really designed they look like jason momoa covered in green paint like they're that badass you know i mean i'm fine seeing the turtles that way Nah. Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel resistant to that? or No, I mean, I still just think it's, and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but I just think it's so ridiculous. They're turtles. Yeah. You know, at the end I of mean, the look, day. It, was a little, it was a little after my time, just that little bit after my time. So I'm kind of like, yeah, it's kind of only the turtles. But, yeah. You know. I mean, all of it's silly, though. When you start digging into superheroes too deep, it's kind of all. A Norse god in a red cape is not silly. <laughs> a talking tree mixed with a talking <laughs> raccoon is totally normal. Hey, speaking of talking raccoons, we got ourselves a bit of a nice little thing this week there, uh, Sly Koopa. Little Sly Koopa. You want to talk about uh, Sly Koopa? Yeah, so Sly Cooper. man on that one? Yeah, so Sly Cooper um, is the third production from Blockade Entertainment. It's the second um, collaboration between them and... Oh, man, I forget the production company. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, um, Sly Cooper is coming. It's obviously the Sony um, game that sold millions and millions of copies. It's a platformer, you know, cute animals running around committing crimes. Um, crimes. So these guys, um, they started off, you know, using sort of computer models for this Heavenly Sword. Maybe they did. And that was kind of the calling card. Proof of concept. Hey, we made this. Um, And then... Rainmaker Entertainment. Rainmaker, yeah, exactly. All right, and then um, and then so they parlayed that into uh, Ratchet and Clank, which is going to come out next year. Um, and Ratchet and Clank is you know a cat and a robot out in space, you know sold good times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Sly Cooper is is another thing based on a Sony property. I'm sold on a cat and a robot anywhere. And it seems like what they're trying to do is sort of roll these out on a yearly basis. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it seems like ripe for the picking it's like these characters are already known the production does not cost a lot of money um and, and frankly it looks uh, like looks i'm looking good. at the concept yeah. and it looks pretty good like yeah, looks I, good. i'm not sure what the budgets are in these i would imagine they're not they're the low roof, they're low but it looks pretty good and it, yeah, do you think and this is a bit of a stretch but not too much so do you think sly cooper could be the recipient of goodwill if guardians of the galaxy and rocket raccoon do well Possibly. Or could yeah. there be a little bit of a backlash? Because well, ta- talk so about the yeah. demo that they're going after. I think it's um, I think it's families. You know, yeah. I think it's a uh, it skews a little bit younger. But I I'm guessing because these games are played by everyone that you know people who are uh, love this character are gonna go see it. So, and like I said, I think the trailer looks good. And uh, it's gonna be a globe trotting adventure too. So it should appeal to. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it, it's interesting too. It's the markets movie. that they go to, like part of it is set in Russia, part of it is set in China. Gee, what <laughs> what's the appeal there? I you don't know. know. Uh, and then the other one is set in Paris, just because you know, hey, they're know, absolutely you know very strategic about it, and they realize. I, I think that you know, in talking to these guys, they realize where the markets are these days, and I think. There's nothing wrong with catering to them as long as you keep, you know, it, like you got to no, keep story in mind, obviously. No, but I really think this movie of of even more than than Ratchet and Clank, I feel like this one could have some real breakthrough potential there. Yep. Do you think? Do you think animation maybe is the best avenue or the the best future for video game movie adaptations? I mean, I know it's really early to tell, but just looking at this, like. I feel a lot more think, confident in lot this one than I do like Need for Speed. Yeah. Yeah, but you know Absolutely. what I think the biggest the biggest uh experiment is going to be Warcraft. Yeah, Warcraft because is oh yeah. that is going to be either like spectacularly work, awesome yeah. like stupid good or it's going to be a beautiful glorious failure. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like to me I'm looking at that as like you are it Warcraft. You are like the final you are the test. <laughs> you are no. our hopes of and dreams. No. no, I mean it'll be it'll co- well it'll continue. Listen, I mean Halo is going to be a TV show, right. you know, like for now. For now. For now. And BioShock just seems to be the BioShock is always a bridesmaid never I think a bride. <laughs> I think BioShock I is dead in the by water. By the way, I am oh! I am I am I am, pl- <laughs> and I am the bell is back. <laughs> I'm placing my completely illogical, I have no reason to think this, I'm just saying this is a gut response guess that Warcraft is going to be amazing. Like, ridiculous, uh, Duncan Jones is a fine well, filmmaker, and it's got yeah. a really interesting, like, um, I don't know, did either of you guys see the, the um, uh, San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con sizzle reel that they, no. I was in the audience for that one. I might have been the only one that saw it, I don't know if Goldman or Kalura saw it, but it was really cool. Like, it has a, Almost like a Sergio Leone spaghetti western vibe to it, like the way he shot it and the sort of like it's basically. And I don't know if the sequence will be in the movie. I hope it is because it kicked ass. But sorry, <laughs> but it was um, basically a um, like a gladiator type guy. You know, it's on this other world, and he is uh, he's waiting and just sweating out and clearly anxious that he's waiting for the guy that he's going to duel to show up. And he's looking around, and he just sees skeletons of all the other people that have gone up against this thing. And and it's just like it's like the opening of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West when they're at the train station, that kind nice. of thing. And so it just drags up. The, the tension is so palpable. And then the ogre shows up. And you never see him from the face. You just see him kind of from behind. And then so you, it's almost it's almost like the almost like a shoulder mount cam, but it's not quite that. It's kind of like right behind him, and you're tracking the ogre as he kind of does this macho, very athletic kind of like run, almost like the, the victory lap around the thing, and then he charges at the, the warrior, and that's how it ends, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's going to get effed up. Yeah. You know? So it's like if he brings any of that tension and sort of... Um, Vision. Vision that sort of chest pounding energy to it, like it's gonna really be fun. I know? think that's what video ni- video game movies need to do. They need to take themselves away from the subject matter of the video game because nobody really like there are very few video games out there where the story is matters so much. And Warcraft is like one of those things where it is just a blank. It's like a palette. It's like you're using the brand name to make your ultimate fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. you have to put the goblins and the orcs in there and stuff, but thank God you are just you're just 
It's like you can make Lord of the Rings. Do you, you think want. it's possible? Because Duncan Jones, if you guys didn't know, his father is David Bowie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in, who was in uh, Labyrinth. How cool would it be and how likely do you think it could be that he could get his dad to pop up playing some sort of fantasy type character even for one scene but yeah. i don't think it would happen yeah i, think I don't so. think yeah. duncan Unlikely. jones would do it he doesn't want to muddy the water no so i don't that. think he wants i mean listen he he doesn't because he, he talks about memories of being on labyrinth as a kid yeah and how that, on the set of it and, and it informing kind of how he's thinking about it i don't think he would want i i i think that might become a little bit too kitschy and yeah. that's I don't think what he would want to do, but okay. I would love to see David Bowie yeah, pop I would up too, and but crazy. I, I, I what if he's in a mocap thing though, where you wouldn't know that necessarily? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think it doesn't need him. It would be interesting, but I don't think it needs him. Save him for the closing credit song. <laughs> yeah, he can sing it's dance magic dance. He can sing dance craft. magic dance, which <laughs> we introduced you guys to yesterday. Oh man, I've been. <laughs> I yeah, that song. I don't know. <laughs> Did I, it get in your head? I hate that sequence. In that movie. Speaking about things that are stupid I good, know. how about that million ways to die? In the South West face. trailer. Oh my God. Seth MacFarlane's upcoming oh Western comedy. It so is good. awesome. Ridiculous. First of all, and I know that there are those that would disagree with me on this matter, but I really like Ted. I mean, I, I love Ted. Love Ted. I and you know what? I like Family Guy. I know it's not popular I, to say I that. Do no, too, I do I like too. I like Family Guy too. And Goldman so hates I went to see, yeah. It, well, I went to see Ted with like a bunch of other journos or whatever was at a screening. And me and my friend Eric Eisenberg, who you guys I think know from Cinema Blend, were crying, like rolling so in the awesome. aisles, crying, and everyone was staring at us like we were just <laughs> completely insane. No, it's, it's great. It's just, it hits like the right notes. Charlie Theron is like a revelation in it. I mean, she was always great in like um, her episodes of Rest and Development, oh, but. Yeah. And she's great in Young Adult. Young Adult is you know? so good. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that, go so watch it. So she has this kind of uh, un untapped comedic side, or largely untapped comedic side, uh, that I feel like she's going to. Uh, I, I was curious about, like, McFarlane, because he is McFarlane. He's Seth McFarlane. But I think it kind of works because he's just playing – he is playing that guy that doesn't belong there. He's self-aware, too. Yeah. yeah. Because his little poster says the outsider, you know? Yeah. There's something, too there, – there's something about this character that there was, like, a sweetness to him, you know, that that I don't think we always see. Well, he's Seth. horrified. He's, he's just hor he's so He scared. reminds me a bit of uh, Randy Quaid's character in Kingpin. <laughs> a little bit, you know. There's something about. Well, but he's not I, I that love, simple. But I love the uh, just, you know, it's called a million ways to die in the West. In, in the trailer alone, you see at least twenty. Yeah, massive block of ice. Gorged by a bull, you know. <laughs> Shot <laughs> catch in the gut. Catch, catch you on fire, getting your photo taken. You know? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and then getting shot down because <laughs> you're on fire. You know, it's it's pretty funny. If you guys haven't seen it, we when have does that come out? June. I think so i'm sorry i don't know that off the oh top man. of my head i cannot wait i cannot wait yeah. it's funny because these years are flying by so fast now that they really like are. that um <laughs> something's in june it doesn't seem that far away anymore I'm it's like, not oh. though i mean i feel like june we're already talking about comic-con and yep. it should be it's it's like it's a only a handful of months away yeah. it's not that long <laughs> far nope. away uh, uh let me write off a couple of news items we don't necessarily have to Chime in on them. Uh, Entourage movie is is now filming. They cast Billy Bob Thornton as this cowboy billionaire, and then the movie that uh, Vincent Chase is making in in Entourage is going to be a Dracula movie. Awesome. So that's kind of funny. Um, ish. <laughs> uh, the Purge sequel is going to be titled The Purge: Colon Anarchy. 
It's now yeah. filming. It just started filming a few weeks ago. Who's in it? And it's uh, Frank Grillo from yeah. The Grey oh, yeah. and Captain America 2. Uh, and it comes out June 20th. So there, that's a huge you know, fast turnaround there. Yeah. Um, I mean, those movies... I hated that from first movie. What I didn't did see it, it, but I it just didn't it, I think I gave it. it something low. I didn't like it either at oh. all. And but the only reason that I like The Purge is because it made Lena Headey money when she was, like, broke. I mean, I like the movie because it financially assisted an actress I like, and that is the reason <laughs> I like it. It tells you how I feel about the movie. Um, <laughs> Shyamalan yeah. and Bruce Willis, they might be reteaming for... A movie that is not a supernatural. Tale. It actually sounds real sweet. It sounds too sweet, if too you ask sweet? me. Labor of Love. First of all, it's just the title. It's That's based on a script that he wrote like 20 years ago. It was I think it was like the first thing is like first calling card script, but it's about uh, uh, this sort of man of few words bookstore owner who, uh, after his wife dies, uh, kind of fulfills. Uh, pr- it it reminded me of Up and a little bit, like where his dead wife always wanted to go to some place. Well, or no, no, no. It was that he was a man of few words, and he had never really expressed to his wife how much he loved her. And so she had once jokingly said, would you walk across the country for me? And so he decides to walk across the country to posthumously let her know how much he loves her. Now, everything is in the direction, so I'm not confident. But <laughs> everything is in a, the direction on this movie. There was there was a documentary a few years ago called Searching um, Searching for... Uh, Sugarman? Vemmer, no. Oh. V- it was this guy who was, like, walking from Portland to L.A. to... Um, to be oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And everything to me is in, is it, the journey has to, it has to be kind of like, this is what I envision. It if just it's sounds good. like a, a slower forest gump, like I'm, I'm not going to no, run. I feel I'm like if walk. you, I feel like if you do it, <laughs> I feel like if you do it sort of like handheld, if you do it sort of kind of the experience of who he meets along the road, the roughness of the experience, the emotional journey he's on, that could be kind of cool. What I fear is like a, whatever, like letters from the grave corny yeah. Experience. I see walking people. <laughs> Do you know, or, or wasn't there a movie that was like somebody was getting letters from their. Yeah, it's a lake house. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, Riddick 4 in development, according to Vin Diesel, Dancing who announced Diesel. it. How? In Roth, the, explain oh us man, why this was the greatest thing this since this was the sliced best, bread. This was the best video ever made. It was Vin Diesel doing his Buffalo Bill. Okay? It yeah. was like... He's like at home <laughs> yes. on his webcam. Like, would you F Vin? I would F Vin. <laughs> it's like what I feel like his internal <laughs> monologue was the entire time. He was basically doing a video selfie where he was dancing first to Katy Perry and then he paused. Like he dances to Katy Perry like for like two, three minutes. For like three full minutes to the camera, to the webcam, pauses and he's like Riddick's getting picked up. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> hey, Universal says the Blu-ray's selling, so they they want to develop a fourth one. Okay, now Beyonce, <laughs> and then starts dancing to that. <laughs> he starts dancing to Beyonce. I mean, he's it's like expressing he his joy. Po- he gets points for uniqueness, though. That's <laughs> a, that's know, a way to announce a project. <laughs> but remember when there was a mistake to stars, and you couldn't uh, you couldn't quite uh, you know uh, understand sort of what they were up to, you yes. know, or or anything. Um, I think we uh, have we lost Chris Carl. We have lost Chris Carl. He says goodbye. He's bored by us. Yeah. So without further ado, then. um, So all right. uh, One other thing that Vin revealed is that he's expecting the script for the next Triple X movie. So uh, within the next month. 
So, uh, you know, we knew that he was interesting coming back as Xander Cage. As you might recall, Ice Cube uh, played uh, a different character in the sequel to Triple X. Remember, Vin also didn't come back for the second Fast mm -hmm. and Furious. He went through that spell where he's like, I'm not going to do the sequels to my it movies. And then he needed to. And then he did all of the sequels. And yes. Smartly so. Rightly so. Actually. But what do you think? Do we need a fourth Riddick? He does. I mean, yeah, he so. loves that franchise and he loves that character. I mean, I don't think I need a fourth Riddick, but, you know, he certainly loves it. He he has galvanized a fan base around him, I think, more than anything. I mean, I think his fan base likes men. You know? Now, l let me ask you about uh, a character do we need uh, um, not just a fourth movie of, six films of, uh, King Arthur, Guy Ritchie want to do a they, they have mapped out a six film king arthur series i we had one a few years ago that flopped um i just i don't think you need a six film king arthur series i mean is there a way to like harry potterize that i mean hasn't tv basically tried that with merlin and everything else well tv did merlin and then there was um the Mists of Avalon that yeah. sort of took a different, th based on that book, there was a miniseries based on the book, The Mists of Avalon. I just feel like six films, really. Like, I feel like King Arthur is one of those characters that... Um, I think it's a really rich character. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not, but I just feel like it's, it, in terms of films, I feel like he's he's had plenty of times up at bat now, and, and maybe... Give him a little bit of a breather for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to me, it's all like, I don't know. I mean, what's what's he bringing to this version of Arthur that we haven't seen yeah, before? Yeah, that John Borman didn't do. Or, and I don't, I there don't are elements of the Fuqua movie, too, that I thought were okay in terms of, like, you know, historically, if this really happened, what it would have been like. But it just it didn't work overall. But, you know. I mean, I, I, think, that, I think that if you explore that whole world, it's I think it is really fascinating. I oh think yeah, that yeah. there's a lot to explore in, in King Arthur. And it's it's one of those huge, like, allegorical... But six films? I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. Do you start with Arthur as a young boy and take him through to the latter part see, of his life? It's like, shit, dude, I know he gets the sword out of the stone. Just get on with it. I'll get on <laughs> with it already? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't, want, I don't want the Anakin version of King Arthur where it's like, you know, uh, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I you mean, know, there are... Uh, the part of the King Arthur story I would find interesting to see played out is... Arthur and Mordred, his son, and and the sort of the idea of, you know, the vengeful uh, son coming back, you yeah. know, to to go after the father. I think that would be kind of. I wouldn't mind seeing that play out. I mean, but do it as a trilogy six. It, I think it's a six film part. It's not necessarily just doing another King Arthur movie, but six. Really? I mean, it just seems I, a little much. I feel like I feel like if it, like anything if you bring something new to the table if it, like Miss of Avalon I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was fun little mini series. Is that the one with Julianne Margulies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it took the different perspective, you know, it sort of showed you the world of the character like the who the lady in the lake is and it sort of right, showed right. you those characters from a different perspective. And so if if it's going to do that, cool. But you're right. If it's going to spend an hour and a half wondering if Arthur's going to get the sort of the stone, well, you're right. We know he does. And so yeah. that will be tedious. Is it going to be told from the point of view of the stone having to spend his whole life with the I sword through him? Going, so. Oh, God! Ah, somebody, get the please. damn thing out of me! Oh, it hurts! Uh, speaking of, uh, of swords and mm, sorcery, yes. Conan. Now, you got a little something to tell folks about 
Arnold's uh, The Legend of Conan and sort of what classic movie uh, it could be that they're hoping like it. it will be for Arnold. So Unforgiven. Tall Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood's classic western. And it was funny because when I was writing up the article and I was putting the blog roll, these are things that we think about on a daily basis, you guys. Like, And I was going to, you know, I said, you know, the Arnie's new Conan is is they're unforgiven and I thought are they going to connect to unforgiven like are they yeah. going to our audience you guys our our readers and I don't know I mean I think I, they do I think I, I think they they know that that is a badass Clint Eastwood movie um, about this older man in in yeah I, I think they get the, the latter idea part of his of life it. yeah um, I think. Uh, being called upon to fight again. But see, this is this is not a new approach to Conan. There was a, a draft ten years ago that John Milius was doing that was basically about old Conan and his son. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're just going back to, and then they shelved that approach in 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 favor of the Momoa reboot, reboot. and now they're kind of going back to what was the original plan. So uh, I, I'm curious to see. I think. Um, you know, the idea of this old guy having to return to, you know, ultra violence basically yeah. to, to deal with things is, is going to be cool. I, I just, I hope Arnold, um, I hope he really goes for it. I really, I hope he like really sinks his teeth into it that there's no uh, winking and nudging and yeah. stuff like that. Because if you look at the original Conan, you know, it's played straight. There might be some slightly campy elements but it's not because it was played for camp yeah i agree and i think that that is i mean certainly in talking to chris morgan that is the approach he loves the original conan he loves it and he wants to be hard pressed to find anyone who likes conan the destroyer yeah no he they're ignoring conan the destroyers yeah and they're ignoring of course (laughs) the momoa reboot but they you know i mean they do want to play it very straight, and they do want to. I mean, if you're going to liken it to Unforgiven, it is about this guy who's not fighting anymore, but ha- then has to. Um, and I don't know. Like it, you're right. If if you're going to do it, you have to sort of play it straight and sink into it. But at the same time, what's tough about comparing it to something like Unforgiving is that it's Clint Eastwood, yeah, and Arnold, who and are Ar- two very different. And, and at that point in his actors. career, Arnold, um, Clint had already, you know, he was, Clint got uh, a credit for Unforgiven for not just acting in it. And, you know, he was nominated for Best Actor for that movie. Uh, But it was a summation of an entire career and a statement on the violence of the movies and the sort of the the legend of violence that had, you know, become his screen image. And so there was a whole layers and and, uh, kind of a statement and all that that was very conscious and that Clint very poetically rendered mm-hmm. in that movie it's it's his best film period you know? i mean that and josie wales to like you know? I, I happen to also like a perfect world which he also directed yeah, i think he directed but that, it right remember after that one it. got so much flack it when it panned. came out yeah. it got panned people panned it it didn't do as well clearly not nearly as unforgiven but i happen to like it yeah um, i liked it a lot when it came out i was like wow why do people i do you think that people were just had their knives out because it was 1993 or 92 when that came out and clint and costner had both been on an Oscar high, you know. Costner had come off of Dances with Wolves and JFK, and Clint had come off uh, Unforgiven and In the Line of Fire, and they were both basically at the height of their game. 
So I, I do wonder if there wasn't a bit of like, okay, screw you guys now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that does happen, certainly, if you know our community. There are times that, I mean, when, once you're working in this world, you know that there's a time that everybody subconsciously or consciously agrees they're going to get their knives out for yeah. a particular movie. I think that's what's happened with, um, it, it happened to Jamie Foxx. It was very evident when I was covering the press for Miami Vice. These guys were ready to take him down after yeah. Ray. Like, they... They, I mean, a couple of people pretty much said as much to me. Like yeah. they would just, like you, you can just. Feel, and I feel like it's come that way now with Jennifer Lawrence a little yeah. bit. Uh, so it is interesting Though to see I that still sort love of me cyclical. Me too. J Law, do you hear me? It's okay. <laughs> we we, we love can run you. away together. <laughs> <laughs> no, not creepy at all. <laughs> there we go. Very um, let's talk about the Point Break remake. Uh, <sighs> Okay. He saw he used the ire. The oh my god! If if if, uh, if podcast could could be taped, yeah, you know, recorded with actual visual imagery, you could see how uh, bent out of shape uh, Roth here got when she didn't realize that they were remaking Point Break, and I'm like, I oh, don't know, and yeah. it's weird because I it's must been in have like for a while, but yeah. maybe he thought it died. I think he didn't I know it came back with a vengeance. Yeah, it's going to happen within like couple of months and then i mean and i think i did i think in the back of my mind i subconsciously decided it's called denial that this isn't really gonna happen <laughs> and it's not gonna happen well it's stupid gerard butler is gonna play Bodie, the the role played by the late uh, patrick swayze and now rumor has it that sam claflin finnick odair from catching fire and was in Snow White and the Huntsman. It was in the be last part. Johnny Pirates. Utah, no Johnny Utah. sir. I Although like Sam Claflin. I like him too. I think he might have a bit more actual presence than like Keanu had in there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, this How one is going to be in the, in the realm of uh, of extreme sports, so it's not going to be the surfing. Southern California surfing. Thing. There will be some surfing in there, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be point break in that regard. This um, is this is the thing. Like, and we were talking about this earlier. We want to do kind of a supercut comparison. So it's going to be like the original Point Break to the original Fast and Furious, which was Point Break except with cars, yeah. to the new Point Break, which will have picked up elements of Fast and Furious, like the and Triple X, and yeah. Triple X, like the global nature of it. Yeah, and that's know? sort of the the everything is kind of come full circle and and. Everything is cannibalizing each other, but Point Break, what you know, it it was kind of it was a trendsetter in a way. Who'd have thought? But you know, it's like because the first Fast and Furious movie only came out nine years after Point Break came out. I know, and it is Point Break, beat for beat. It really it is. is. The it's the undercover movie. cop, the charismatic, yeah. good guy, bad guy, criminal uh, falls goes in undercover, love. falls in love. Um, the adrenaline of it all. I mean, it yeah. really is point break, but with cars. I mean, and it's funny because this movie will be have taken elements of not necessarily Fast and Furious, the first one, but of the Fast and Furious franchise in the sense of making it more yeah. international. Global, bigger stunts, uh, uh, 200% pure adrenaline. Yeah, 100% is not enough anymore. This is the thing. I like Jar Butler... Um, you know, and I, I actually like Sam Claflin, but I'm just like, just no, leave the, those two characters with the actors that played them. Yeah. I mean, I think Butler's an interesting choice. He is that kind of man's man type guy. I could see like 
a dude wanting to like idolize him in a yeah, way. Yeah, but I feel like does he have that like edgy kind of like he? I feel like Patrick Swayze had that. He was like. But he was like. Did a, anybody think that at the time when Patrick Swayze played the role, he was the Dirty Dancing guy? Oh wait, Dirty Dancing came out after Point Break, didn't it? No, it came out before. No, Dirty Dancing I think came out before, but even before that, Patrick Swayze had a career before that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was like he is like that kind of like kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Um, scrappy. Would have been a greaser in the 50s. He was. It was called The Outsiders. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) He was The Outsiders, and he was a greaser. Um, Yeah, exactly. He had a career before that. He was in The Outsiders, for love of Christ. Um, But, uh, like, you know, and I know that he he and Jennifer Grey were in Red Dawn before during dancing, and they hated each other. Yes. Um, But... I don't see Jar Butler as that guy. I don't see him as that scrappy. Like he has something to prove to you. So. Vin, Vin, Vin Diesel, even like the the Fast and Furious guys have more of that feel to me of like scrappy. Jar Butler is a he's a rough hewn Scotsman. He's a rough hewn Scot. He's a Scot. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I just I don't. I just leave it alone. I mean, like I get why that this is the case because everything has to be a remake or a franchise or a brand attachment or whatever. But I'm like, just start your own franchise yeah. for Christ's um, sake. W- last uh, news item before we're going to talk about what's uh, coming out this weekend. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, who is suing Gawker because they posted links to download his These are also script. reasons we don't post illegal yeah. stuff. <laughs> the Hateful Eight. Uh, rumor has it that his the project that he might do instead, since he has scrapped the Hateful Eight, or at least he's just going to publish it as a as a book now, um, is going to be, and this again is a rumor, uh, possibly a prison movie inspired by the Robert Blake case. And if you guys don't remember Robert Blake, he was this uh, TV and film actor, uh, he was one of the Little Rascals, <coughs> Little Rascals, <laughs> um, and uh, he was Beretta in that old cop show in the, the 70s and early 80s. He was in Money Train. He was the bad guy in Money Train. He was in, in Cold Blood um, and, uh, you know, was accused and, and put on trial for murdering his wife and was ultimately uh, acquitted. Um, I could see Tarantino doing something where he gets, like, some sort of 70s, 80s guy, like, whether it's Robert Forster, who he's worked exactly with, who Harvey Keitel, uh, Robert Conrad, somebody he, like that. I feel you like know? You, s- you nailed it the first time. Like the f- Robert Forster is the first person that yeah. popped into my head, and I think that's the perfect person to play that character. Yeah. He's um, kind of like old school tough guy yeah. whose day has passed, and now he's on trial for murder. Yeah. I mean, I think that – look – that it's funny because my brother, who I keep bringing up recently, I don't know why, but like he called me and he's like, "So what do you think of Tarantino throwing a fit?" I'm like I don't think he's throwing a fit. I think he's completely justified. Like yeah. I think Gawker is out of control to have done that. You know, yeah. it's like first of all, just common courtesy. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Just common decency that's, that's dictates what, like, that the you shouldn't do that. Sites are there for like you know you really. But it's going to turn into a major, you know, court battle, and, and a lot of things could be affected uh, as a result of that. Hollywood Reporter actually has, um, you know, they have a whole, like, legal side, uh, their Esquire uh, part of their their site, where they have legal reporters that comment on the entertainment industry, and they have a report about that, like, how this could change the way that people report on things if it really 
comes down to it. Um, so ha- we'll see. So, I mean, let me ask you a question. In our day-to-day, do you think anything would change? We might be a little more cautious, but we're cautious now. Yeah, I mean, I think it... Um, it, it it goes to what is Just what is going to be illegal things. Well, yeah, but it goes to uh, you know there are a lot of things that are leaked. Whether it's information, you know, you get a scoop on something. Yeah. To what point is that going to be extended now? Because if now if if simply I mean, saying something about what you heard, I mean, it, it's a huge can of worms, and I don't know how much I think interest I that it is to to. Our listeners, but it's it is it, it's a can of worms, and it'll be know. interesting to see. Uh, I, I have a feeling Gawker will just settle and let the thing lie. This but is what I think. They I shouldn't think have done it to begin with. They it was kind have of done really. It. St- they're too big, and have too much money in their pocket to be. You know, if this was some small potato site, they would have gotten a uh, cease and desist, and you know, the feds probably would have knocked at their door, but. Tarantino suing a major, you know, media company is kind of... I think this. I think it's a very clear distinction between posting a rumor, right, that's so-and-so said, not like, look, that's basic journalism. Well, well I it's mean, the idea wait, of hey, posting hey, access wait, wait, to something hang, that was hang on one second. not wait, a part. Hang on. There's yes. a very big difference between saying an unnamed source said X, Y, and Z, because that goes back, that is as long as journalism has existed, sources are given Which an anonymity. Which is like 40 years. Right. <laughs> Which is at least 40 years. Um, sources are given anonymity. There's a very big difference between posting that and something that is very clearly copyrighted intellectual property in its totality. Yeah. That's like if Gawker had posted a link to Captain America 2 because somebody had pirated it and here it is and here's the link and Gawker yeah. has it. It is copyrighted intellectual property that you don't freaking own and you have no but freaking even right if to they post. had read the script and written about it that can be protected to a degree mm-hmm. what can't be protected is the you are essentially advertising where somebody can illegally acquire something exactly and that's that's the mistake and i really don't i don't think they really have a case because you know better than to do that like if that was uh pirated music or a pirated actual film uh yeah film that's what file? i'm saying like, like if you, know. you if they it's to me it's the same exact thing as if they well, it's had like posted when wolverine leaked right if you had posted a link to here's where you can see the wolverine movie you're equally actionable that is copyrighted material you don't own it you shouldn't be advertising where to get it you know that you're profiting from something that you don't own that is an intellectual property that somebody does own and has copyrighted so to me, it's a black and white distinction between that and posting something here's, that somebody heard. Here's, here's a question, though. Did he copyright his thing yet? Oh, I'm sure he did. I don't know. He oh, sent I'm off a first draft as soon as it was done. I, I, did, was it registered? Did he copyright it? Oh, I'm I mean, sure he did. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't literally know. Like, I haven't read that he did. But, I mean, Quentin Tarantino at this point in his career probably copyrighted the treatment with the the writer's guild you know he's not a dummy you know no but he's also you know he's he's, got lawyers you know i feel like maybe i mean i'd be curious to see like did he actually legally protect this thing i mean even if it's still his his property but like i feel like if you you actually have to prove that you have the copyright and and hopefully it was things were registered and and protected before they were 
disseminated to people who then in turn leaked it. Yeah, I mean, you have to prove that it was actually legally protected. Yeah, I think, I, my, I think. I'm I, no lawyer. I don't know, and but, but I my guess, one on TV. my guess would be that his people. Yeah. <laughs> his team, like at this point in his career, you have to imagine that somebody of his stature would register something fairly quickly yeah. with the Writers Guild yeah. before they. But you would also, out. I mean, copyright is not the Writers Guild. Copyright is the actual U.S. Copyright Office. Yeah. Well, even if he registered it with the Writers Guild, though, and he didn't copyright it, it's still, it's still his intellectual of, property. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. So opening up this weekend, which also this weekend is the Super Bowl, uh, and there's going to be a bunch of. Uh, movie spots shown, and we're going to get as many of them as we can up on the site as fast as we can, including uh, there's going to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Need for Speed, Draft Day, Three Days to Kill. Um, it's a question mark whether or not Fox will put out anything for X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, I'd be bummed if they didn't, but by the, the last reports that I checked, they had not purchased airtime which is very expensive mm -hmm. uh so maybe they're sending that one out like godzilla setting it up which mm -hmm. i really feel like godzilla could have stolen the show if they aired anything close to the trailer the yeah. kind of the way like avengers did yeah um that's disappointing but um yeah so uh, and there's going to be muppets as uh, as well there's going to be a muppet so, uh, so disney and sony um kind of having a presence there in the um in the super bowl that's that's really odd to me, but okay. But I mean, I feel like uh, with Sony, I mean, look, they have Monuments Men and RoboCop coming out, and they've already got airtime running for those. So, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man Two is pretty much that's that's your next big, uh, next big gun that you want to yeah. pull out. And so that one I get, I get. But like, I don't know, is it really worth them spending that much money on anything? else besides Not that really. for super bowl no i mean super bowl you want to you you're basically there to win over uh male audiences and families yeah um and so i, I think uh you know that you know it makes sense that captain america too it's you know this huge american sports celebration yeah so that makes sense uh need for speed you know look they're going for a sports angle on the you know young guys and all that but uh three days to kill and draft day that Costner, I don't know, um, but uh, but opening up this weekend, we have that awkward moment with Zac Efron, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, and Labor Day, uh, Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet, directed by Jason Reitman. Um, I don't think either of those really are going to do that swell. Uh, I think Ride Along actually will probably three-peat, if you will, to excuse that parlance. Um, I, I think it's got a good chance at repeating at number one, but... If of either of these two, and Labor Day is opening up on 2,500 screens and is, and is aiming for an older female demographic, since they know a lot of, um, you know, older males and young males will probably, uh, they'll lose Sunday to that demo because of the Super Bowl. Um, and then that awkward moment is like the kind of the younger demo and the date movie demo. And... The Frozen sing-along is happening this weekend, so you're aiming for families there, and they're putting that into uh, an additional amount of theaters, and that's getting a lot of hype, uh, and it's a real event thing. So I don't know. I think if if Ride Along doesn't repeat as number one, I think maybe Frozen could sneak back up there, maybe. I'm thinking. It's going to be an interesting race this weekend. I don't 
to argue with your police work there, Lou, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like there's a chance. He's hot dogging it again. It looks god awful, but Which that one? awkward moment that awkward because moment, yeah. the audience for that movie is probably some of the people that are not going to be interested in their Super Bowl party and stuff like that. Yeah. Not, they don't care. It looks god awful. <laughs> I will say that with, with absolute ca- clarity. But I think that might take the number one spot. It is on 2,800 screens. Uh, um, how much do you think it'll it'll make? Not a lot. I mean, I'm going to guess, thir- you know, somewhere in the realm of like 13. Okay. 13 to 15. Um, okay. Uh, do you, what do you think? Right along second place or Frozen? I think right along second. You get a number there. Uh, you want to give me a number there? Six. Not a lot. Six. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to go. It's like it's going to be a soft weekend because, I mean, the Super Bowl really is going to take. I'm going to Super Bowl party. I can tell you how much I know. <laughs> Are you even into football? No, I go for the commercials and for the revelry. You go for the, and you go like for the beer. Can't that crap. Well, the beer. Fine. Uh, I think, I don't know. I, I think that awkward moment could very well be number one. Um I think though I just got a feeling on um on on, a on frozen. I don't know. Uh I don't think Labor Day is going to show up. Uh, that to me just Oh, seems that's I think going to be 5 or 6. Yeah, I think that's I place. think that's like dead in the water, but uh I think Frozen will will be in there. I mean, I would say like Frozen will come in with another 5 or 6. It'll be to me like okay. Ride Along and Frozen will be riding riding okay. the same. All right. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say Ride Along Repeating at number one with uh, 14 million, then that awkward moment with about uh, 11, and then I'm going to say Frozen with uh, 10. And then I think uh, Labor Day, maybe like 6 million. Yeah, Labor Day, maybe like 6. Well, I'll say like Ride Along, I'll give actually 10 to Ride Along. Okay, so you're doing 13 and 10. Yes, 13 to uh, that awkward moment, like 10 to Ride Along, and then like Six, six-ish, six, seven to to Frozen. Okay. And then I think that uh, the uh, Labor Day will come in at like five or six. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, all right, guys. Well, um, sorry we couldn't get to your reader email. Somebody joked uh, to us on Twitter. Reader email is now uh, to to keeping it real. What. Uh, Matt Damon getting cut out of the Jimmy Kimmel show as to that. You know, <laughs> it's like, sorry, we just didn't have time for Matt Damon today. No um, Matt Damon. But we'll, we'll try and get to it next week. Hey, we read a few the last time, so, you know. It, it, Please you, send them. You should, you should be happy that we're even all back together. Come tweet at us, too. We will conversate. <laughs> Come tweet at us. Come tweet at uh, us. I'm at, at StacksIGN, and you're at Roth Cornette. That is correct. And together, we are the Keeping It Real podcast crew. <laughs> uh, shoot us your, your reader email at keepingitreal at IGN.com. Uh, check us out on, over on iTunes. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.